The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. It's a Thursday afternoon when we're recording this. It'll go up on a Friday, uh, but we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. Will Bolt's press conference just ended. The United States women's national team plays Sweden at 2 or 1, which we have to be done in time uh, for me to go watch. And the NBA draft is tonight, even though they still haven't given out the MVP award. It's fine. Aaron Sorensen is across from me, tolerating all of my stupid random tangents. Mm-hmm. How are you? Haven't I'm good. Haven't seen you in a long time. I know. It's been a while. It's It's been one of those... So people always ask, you know, in kind of out of season, oh, are you... Like, I think people think with sports writers that, like, we're just, like, sitting around on a beach in the off season and, like, not doing anything. I mean, to be fair, Brandon is probably sitting on a beach right now. In Maine. Yeah. Uh, with a lobster roll. <laughs> I, I've been trying to tell him, have you seen that the one girl who tweeted an image, or she tweeted a photo of her eating, or she went and got a lobster roll in Maine, and the seagull stole it, and she got the photo as the seagull was stealing it? Have you seen that? I have not seen that. All right, I'll show you when we are done with the podcast. But um, it went viral. It was all over Twitter, and I've been trying to convince Brandon to just spend his entire trip trying to make that photo happen again, so he can, too, go viral. Um He's had the lobster roll, has not gotten the seagull to steal it from him, so it's a work in progress. But, like I said, a lot of people think, like, you know, we're not really doing a whole lot, and it's amazing because I feel like we've been swamped with the yearbook, which is now to print. And then, we've, like you said, we had the Will Bolt press conference and the news on that, and, yeah, it's just and camp season is here it's just pretty much nonstop. it's not like we don't have games and practice but it's still a lot of stuff going on i feel like i've had some time i don't feel like i've had any but so i've also been deathly ill laying in bed for two days straight and also i don't have as good a sleep schedule as you so well, like yeah my time is like i'm playing fifa at midnight or something like that well, you know, it's like, hey, that's a personal problem. Uh, let's get a game of FIFA in before we go to sleep. So I feel like I'm not being overworked, but I'm still tired, as opposed to <laughs> uh, you who <gasps> apparently feel overworked. But the yearbook is done. It is. No, it's just it's little things like I was in Branson for a few days and figured, oh, it'll be relatively quiet. And during that time period, uh, Maurice Washington was cited for possession of the paraphernalia and then that was also the same time when Ursad just decided to step down so like of all like like three days three days that people just needed to like not do anything those were the three days this is like my thing of like three weeks in a row on a monday afternoon going to the grocery store and every single time yeah you need to stop going to the grocery store on monday afternoons (laughs) it's like it was the same time too relatively in that like two to three range if anyone ever wants to know kind of like the time frame of when news is dropped, there's always kind of a sweet spot on Mondays because it's like the Monday news drop. And then the other really popular time, especially if you're trying to bury news, is Friday afternoons. Now, what was interesting is they announced Will Bolt on a Friday afternoon. So I kind of made the joke of 
did they not want anyone to know about it? Because that's really typically your, like, news dump time when you don't want people to, like, they're getting ready for their weekend. You don't really want that's people to pay attention. That's bad news. But the reality is with the Will Bolt thing, they were tr- I think they were definitely just trying to get ahead of it before the weekend. Um, so that way you don't have a whole bunch of reports coming from here and there. Like, you just kind of get it over with. And then I figured if they did that, we would have had a press conference on Monday. But here we are Thursday. And, but, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't want to spend too much time on the Bolt thing, but you just came Why from not? a press conference. What were, what were your impressions of him? What you hear? The winning comment thing was amazing, and I yeah. loved it so much. He, yeah, uh, so from everything I've been sort of told about him, because he's, he's, let me, I needed to, I wanted to look up. Um, when he, he played at Nebraska um, before I was, here we go. Sorry. We have hit our quota for Aaron Sorensen uh, typing sounds on the podcast. Yeah, we have. So, congratulations okay. to us. He played at Nebraska from – he graduated in 2003. So, he would have been here just a little bit before I was. So, I didn't really know him as a player, like, you know, as a student at Nebraska. But um, kind of the general takeaway I had from today is just the same thing we heard with Frost when he came home, the same thing we heard with Hoiberg. But really with what makes Bolts a little bit more interesting is he's actually coached here before and has not only been a player but has been a coach. So Nebraska means a lot to him. Uh, he He's had a lot of connection here. Um, so for him, when he's talking about how this was always, you know, this was a no-brainer, this was always the place, the goal for him, I believe that wholeheartedly. We all kind of knew that when Ursad stepped down, that Will Bolt would be the guy that, like, really, really, really wanted this job. Um, but the thing that, like, I know Mike Babcock has said about him, to go back to what I was originally going to say before I was trying to figure out when he was at Nebraska, is he's got, like, a grit to him. He's a little bit of, like, he likes – he'll get along really well with Scott because he's, he likes the words, like, tough. He likes to he likes to talk about the coaching buzzwords. Yeah, he has those coaching buzzwords. He talked about in-state recruiting and how he believes everyone wants to play here. They just need to foster those relationships early and show them that like there is no place like Nebraska. So he kind of has that same. I would say the way a lot of people feel about Frost and sort of how he approaches coaching is really sort of the same as Bolt. Like he's just kind of got that grit to him. He definitely has a little bit of that like edge. She kind of has a chip on his shoulder a little bit with like classic Midwestern sports coach. Correct. So it's a very different because then you've got Hoiberg who came in and he's he's also you know a Midwestern guy, but he kind of has like he has the NBA experience. He's kind of got a little bit more of like a. He has this sense of like ref- refinedness yes. to him from the NBA. Like, did you watch through the video that the basketball account tweeted of him in practice? Yes. What what were your impressions of that? I was like, he's just, man, this is this is different. I haven't seen he's this. He's just very like, I don't know, like I, I what's the word I'm looking for? It's exact. It's it is refined. He's very specific in his like, he's very specific in how he instructs. He's very specific in like how he's going to show you to do something. Whereas like you got Frost yanking a football out of a guy's hands and being like. No, let me do it. Like, it's not quite the same. He's definitely just a little bit of a different – he's just got a different style. So I'd say, like, Will Bolt feels like the Scott Frost, kind of like that chip off the old block of, like you said, Midwestern coach kind of guy. Whereas Hoiberg feels a little bit like 
I think refined is the right word. Hoiberg is Hoiberg is that Midwestern guy at heart who also like everybody told me when when I was talking to people when he first got here that he's very cognizant of what he says and yes. how he says it and how it's perceived. And I think that like bleeds over into his actions as well. And so just like watching that video, it was like, this guy's very proper. He's very specific. And I mean, I went to the Big Red Blitz tour in Ashland. And when I was there, and you almost wish you could have had one. I keep hitting this cord. Stop hitting my mic. Sorry. Um, you almost wish you had Erstad if he, like, he was obviously still playing in the, um, the regionals at that point. Um, but you could have had Erstad to compare the personalities of Frost and Hoiberg a little bit differently. But now you almost wish you could have had Bolt sitting there and alongside those two because the thing that really struck me watching those is you are right. Hoiberg is really hyper aware of how he's presenting himself to an audience. He loves to like make the big jokes. He's he's taking shots at people, but in a very like kind of like specific way. He's very calculated. He's calculated in it, and it's it's little things where you could tell he'd spent the whole day waiting because it was wasn't it uh sty that was the like person who led the whole thing let me just double check i think that. so i don't i i was paying attention to baseball for the first time in <laughs> oh wait my you life. were you were at a thing yeah it i was, was at a thing um no it's just little things yeah it was brendan sty i just wanted to make sure because my whole memory of that day is just now like poof um but he had been like waiting all day. They had these three different events, and he waited until the very last one, where someone asked essentially how much weight has Brendan Stye lost since he played at Nebraska, and Hoiberg would not let it go. He kept like badgering him about it, and was like, "No, tell me how much have you lost?" And so like you can tell he's kind of got these little like he wasn't going to do that at every stop. He waited until the last one where he could kind of like give his big grand finale of I'm, I'm gonna jab this at you and like when he did the whole thing with frost where he's like well i could probably still jump higher than you he's just very calculated in his digs and the best part is is like no one knows how to respond to it because <laughs> frost is sitting there and he's just like doing his frost thing where he kind of is half smirk smiling but also like dang it like you can tell he just like wants to like say something but doesn't know what to say back to him so, and not to say that Frost is not calculated, but Frost feels very much like a kid. Like just watching him uh, at the pipeline camp, him interacting mm-hmm. with people that he used to play with, the people that oh, he yeah. used to know. Like he's very much still like just one of the guys. That's yeah. the vibe that he gives off. We have dogs in the office. A um, dog. We have a singular. dog. Singular, but no, you are right. A hundred percent. That would be, and so that's how to kind of tie this all back together. That is the type of guy that Will Bolt feels to so me. So where does Bolt fall on the spectrum between Hoiberg and Frost? He's more, he's he's maybe okay. not as much of the, like, one of the guys as Frost is, but he's definitely closer to that end of the spectrum than he is. <laughs> I keep hitting this thing. But yeah, anyway. We have ambient background noise. It's, it's fine. fine. Um, but yeah, anyway, Hoiberg is definitely kind of over here, and those two guys are, I don't know. But anyway, I did think it was interesting when Moose handed him the jersey because he wore number seven at Nebraska. He's like, this was a popular number at Nebraska. And, you know, shout out to Kevin Kugler for going, well, I think Cody Spano wore that number. I'm like, well, yeah, that's obviously the reason. It has nothing well, to Luke do. Well, Luke McCaffrey wears that number. Yeah, Luke McCaffrey wears that number. That's the reason. I mean, I have no idea who else has ever worn that number at Nebraska. Who on the basketball team has worn that number? Do you know? If you don't know off the top of your head, I'm just going to tell people listening to just tweet it at us if you know. Trivia for the week. Who like, worn, do you feel like it's somebody wore, important? I feel like it was probably somebody in the history of Nebraska basketball. I mean, I'm I sure somebody in the history of Nebraska basketball, you are right, has probably worn. Trivia time. Tweet <laughs> at us. 
who wore number seven for basketball? We're gonna get a t- we're gonna get like two messages. Neither of them are gonna be tweets. One's gonna be from Brandon, and one's gonna be from Jacob. One's gonna be from Mike. Well, who do you think's gonna listen to the podcast first? Mike. I don't think Jacob listens to the podcast at all. If I'm being honest. Well, we're gonna find out, aren't we? I know we Brandon listens out. to it. Jacob and- is trash. And it was his birthday this week, and I hope nobody wished him a happy birthday. Well, he apparently got a lot of wishes on Facebook and didn't respond to any of them until today, so... Let's talk about Jacob's beat. Basketball. <laughs> For a second, my mind's like... Volleyball? Like music? <laughs> <laughs> the NBA draft is tonight. It is. Uh, Isaiah Roby has been... When you are listening to this, he will have been probably drafted Oh, yeah, he by will someone. have been drafted by the time you're listening to this. Isaiah Roby... Um, up until for the last like month ish has been sliding a little bit. Um, yeah, he's what projected like right now on Thursday afternoon. He's like in somewhere like forty two, I think it is. Yeah, mid to mid, mid second round, whereas before he was sort of in the upper second round. Right. Or how do, how do you do you do lower as in like thirty two, or do you do like upper as in like it's the better part of the second round? So you say higher. Oh, like how no, do you? No, no, no. Like it's a they're a, like a. Oh, I guess in the NFL draft, I would say a higher. They're a higher. Um, they're a higher pick. Right, because if you're like the tenth pick in the NFL draft, they say you're a higher first round pick than like the twenty eighth pick right. in the first round. But twenty eight is a bigger number. Like, how, what is your vernacular with that? I struggle with this all the time. I try to Probably avoid it when avoid I'm writing. It completely. Yeah, I try like, to avoid it in writing. Are you are you surprised that Roby has fallen? That's the question that I'm trying to get to. I mean, according to Nebraska, he has worked out for nearly a dozen teams, whatever that means. Which that, let's talk about that. What is nearly? Is it seven? Is it eight, 11. nine, ten, eleven? I'm just saying. Like you could have just told us the number. You wanted to say five. you want to say a dozen because it sounds better, but it's not quite a dozen. It's eleven, but it's close enough to where you could say nearly a dozen. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um but. I mean, he's obviously... Because if it was just 10, you could say a third of the NBA teams. He's worked out for some teams. He's obviously gotten feedback at this point. So something something is hanging that up where he's... Something is not... And I mean, Jacob could speak to this. You could speak to this. Yeah. There's, there's something about his game that is causing NBA teams to hesitate a little bit, which is where the number is falling a little bit for it, which is like what we see in the NFL. Like, I will be honest. The football is my my thing, so I understand the NFL draft way more than, like, anybody in the NBA draft. But I will say, like, it's the same thing that happens in the NFL draft is as you're working out for teams or as teams are looking at your film, you're going through pro days, you're doing um, the combine, people who are really, really, like, projected to be high-round picks are now starting to have these little things like, all right, let's use it as an example. Stanley Morgan, Divina Zigbo. We really thought, and I don't think we were being homers. We really thought they were. No. We we really thought they were going to be drafted, but things in their game caused concern for teams, and they ultimately fell out and were a better option for a team as a undrafted free agent. It was a better value pick, and that it was better value for them to do that. That I don't think. Let me put it this way: I don't think Roby is going to fall out of the draft. He's going to be drafted. I just think there's something in his game, and maybe you can speak to that, about what the NBA is sort of seeing that's causing them concern. Yeah, I apologize for just putting you on the spot like that. But no, I was fine. just kind of curious. Just kind of curious if you had any thoughts on it. I think it's more just the inconsistencies in his game and, and his aggressiveness that mm-hmm. was probably going to, you know, the, the physical 
tools that he possesses were always going to be enticing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you get him, I think when you get him in sort of team activities where he can sort of show that that tentativeness and that passiveness that he has in his game, I, that's 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 probably what I would say um, dropped him a little bit in, on on big boards. But I, I think he's he's got all of the, the tools necessary to have an NBA career. Yeah, it's just and a matter I, of you said this before. It's just a matter of fit. It is a matter of fit because I was trying to like I was bugging my I have a friend who works for um, who's a coach for um, Atlanta, and I was trying to bug him to like if Roby would work out with them to give me details, and he didn't work out. For, he did not work out for them, and if he did, and they didn't tell. He, did we get a list of the teams he worked out for? No. We get a list of the teams that Palmer worked That's out for, my, like, but we did not get a list of Anyway, Roby's I don't teams. believe that Roby worked out for Atlanta or else my friend completely is holding out. I know three teams that he worked He worked out for the Timberwolves, he worked out for the Sixers, and he worked out for the Warriors. Yeah, I don't think he worked out for Atlanta. But anyway, um, it doesn't matter. But I, I was kind of saying, like, the thing that we kind of heard, and to your point of his aggressiveness, is one of the things that some of the teams he had been working out for is it's kind of like there's almost a little bit of a – awkwardness about Roby like in his game just a little bit of like he's just kind of like I don't know what the right like well it's the the thing that everybody said about him the entire time he was at Nebraska he doesn't know how good he is yeah you can't have that as a basketball player so if you can find a coach who wants to work with that and can build that up then he's a great fit for that but that's really like you said it goes back to fit he really needs to find somebody who really wants to work with that wants to make him better make him stronger and he could be a great player. Like, he could be a really, really good NBA player for a team. Yep. And I, I'm glad I made clear an NBA player, not, like, a good MLS player for an NBA team. Like, well, there's, there's you know, guys just to clarify. And there's overseas guys, and there's uh, <laughs> another professional basketball league, I think, that is trying to get started in the United States. But it's a complete scam. It's, it's a scam. It's a big scam. Um, so I started a series this week that's kind of a, a rerun of what I did last year, looking at 10 intrig- mm-hmm. ten guys that I think are the most intriguing Huskers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't want to ask you for 10 because I'm, again, putting you on the spot. But I'm curious, do you have, like, two or three guys that you think are um, – or two or three guys that are the most interesting to you heading into fall camp on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think um, Adrian Martinez is probably a safe pick. That's a cop out. It you is, don't get to but pick I'm okay. But I'm going to say the reason I think with Adrian is just because here's here's why I want to just say two quick things of or two quick just two seconds quick things of him. Whatever. Um, Nebraska's had a lot of like quarterbacks over the last ten years that have a lot of promise they have freshman campaigns or first year campaigns that show a ton of promise or they get a lot of hype going into that like second year or the like sort of their or the tanner lee year or the tanner lee year manning passing academy and so this is really for adrian Number that like opportunity to overcome that sort of like roadblock that has plagued so many other husker quarterbacks in the past so that's where i'm really more curious with him and that's why he would be on my list but if you excluded him obviously i'm really eager to see Wandale Robinson. I think he's going to be a huge factor, especially at, like, potentially the Duck R spot. Um, He could be a huge factor in the return game, uh, especially because one of the things when you look back on, like, when's the last time Nebraska had a return man that you were, like, they were amazing? 
and it was that one year with Demarnay Pearsonell. And since then, Nebraska has been trying to find and try to recreate They've that. They've been punting on the return game. Yeah, and so Wandale could be a factor. He could be the new, the new like handle on Twitter. You know, don't punt. Like, what was um, Demarnay? Just don't punt. Fifteen. Yeah. Don't punt because he's gonna like. I don't know. I think like there's guys like Cam Taylor. I think from a leadership perspective, Cam Taylor is going to be extremely vital to this team this year. Um, he could also be a factor. You, here's what's funny is for people who are getting excited for the yearbook, we do players that are on the rise, and we also pick, we pick people to kind of keep an eye on. And I feel like Cam Taylor could have been multiple. Like he could have been on special teams. He could have like there were so many different like ways that you could have like included him in various aspects of the yearbook of places to watch him for, which is kind of like what Travis Fisher said. He's going to be all over the dang place. Yeah. I did DBs for the yearbook, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, did yeah I, you stole Did them. I do Cam Taylor? Yeah, you did. I stole them? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He could have been in special I, I'm teams. I'm pretty sure I did Cam Taylor for the On the Rise. You did. Yeah, okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. He's on the rise. But anyway, I feel like you could make a lot of cases. Like, I know um, I'm eager to see what Darian Daniels can do. On the defensive line, I think he has a ton of intrigue. Um, and just having watched him at the yearbook shoot, speaking of which, like, he's somebody that's just got this massive personality in, a like, a good way. He's very, like, you can tell he's very fun-loving, but he also knows when to be very serious and kind of, like, rein that group in when it's, like... He feels so much like the dad. He does. He's the dad of the defensive line. Right. That's what he feels like. Yep. So those are, like, if I had to give a few, and now obviously for anyone who's been checking it out so far, you've said Mike Williams, who I think is a great pick. You now have Jack Stoll today in the Stole it. I agree with that. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you who you thought my number one is going to be, but I already gave you the list, so I can't do that now. You did, but I probably – I won't tell anyone, but I probably would have, like, automatically agreed with you no matter yeah. what. Well, I mean, it's pretty it, – it's – pretty obvious who the it's Adrian Martinez no it's not Adrian Martinez it's Scott Frost (laughs) it's just Scott (laughs) um things that are happening this weekend Friday Night Lights Camp part two part two so uh Greg Smith has a list of confirmed visitors um on hailvarsity.com that you should be reading if you want to know who those visitors visitors who those visitors are Mm -hmm. it is a premium piece so apologies ahead of time to anybody that doesn't like paying for content um, two 2020 commits are going to be here. Turner Corker and Xavier Betts. Xavier? Xavier. 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 I believe I say Xavier. Xavier. Sounds right. Xavier did not sound right. Uh, <laughs> official visitors will include three-star running back Xavier Morrison and a couple other important guys. Dominic Watt will be back, 2018 signee mm-hmm. um, that took a visit to, to Kentucky. And then um, Teddy Prohoshka will be back after being here for the pipeline camp last week. And a quarterback. 2021 quarterback kid that Mario Verduzco really likes will be here. Um, Greg has the full list. and Well, and that list keeps growing. So we, yeah. just for anyone who's kind of curious, that list continues to grow either as one of two things, as Greg confirms directly with the athlete or he gets confirmation from somewhere else, um, from a source. So right now, With a source and with knowledge of the situation. But, yeah, anyway, that is one of those things where you could keep that bookmarked and keep checking back because that list keeps growing. And we've been doing our best to keep tweeting it out when new things do get updated because they do they are adding more and more impressive names especially for this weekend well my question for you yeah this is definitely the 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 bigger of the two weekends they also have the um the the vip barbecue thing um, Mm -hmm. kind of in tandem with it my question for you is i mean you've 
this was a thing that Mike Riley started, and you've been around longer than I have, so you've been around this camp longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott continued it. He thought it was a good thing that Riley started. He said not everything they did was bad, remember? Yeah. <laughs> not everything. Uh, not, what was the line? Everything is good except for the games. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything is bad. Everything was bad except for the camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and he, some he, of the recruits. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> Frost continued this. Do you think there was a good thing now that we've got how, – how many years of this have we had? Is five? it three? Oh, it's been five? How, well, Do you think this is a good thing? They, well, I guess it because we're in the second year with Frost, and did they do it two or three? Did they do it the first year of Riley or second? So it's maybe the fourth year. I know they did it the last year of Riley because I was here for that. Yeah, and but it was – But I don't they, know about the year before. It it, I think they started in 2015. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. You're welcome to tweet at me if I'm wrong. Um, it was either 2015 or 20. It was either 2015 or. It's okay, but if you're wrong, you don't know how to do your job. Yeah, it's those, either four or five rules. years. But anyway, I'm glad that he kept it because the one thing there's two reasons for kids who are unable to take official visits to Nebraska in the fall, which is when what? I'm very nervous. Oh. It's fine. Anyway, for the kids who can't take official visits to Nebraska in the fall, which is when you really do ideally want to get them on campus because you want them to see a game day, have that experience, this is a really nice alternative if you cannot get them in on campus in the fall or for the spring game because they open them up for fans. So if you're a recruit who was unable to see Memorial Stadium at its capacity but you're showing up in June for a camp and you're seeing – a couple thousand fans show up to basically watch you run drills that's a pretty impressive thing for a recruit that's a really good way of selling i don't know what you're like the husker football account just tweeted out a picture from the the program thing that they did and one of the first picture is damian jackson looking like he's, he's about murder to murder someone <laughs> yeah he's a terrifying human i'm sorry Continue. you better cut that word out what? Oh, did I do it? Man, we'd gone like three straight podcasts without it happening. Um, I always have to I remember t- where it happens and I have to go back through and bleep it out. Did I tell you what Brandon did to me the other day? No. So w- when I was getting ready to go to one of the weddings, he was like, have you listened to the podcast yet? And I wasn't on the podcast, but I, I told him, no, I haven't yet. He's like, well, Derek uses the F word. And what? I'm like, what? Does he know? Did he bleep it out? And he goes, yeah, friendship. Have a great time at the wedding. Oh, my God. That frustrated me because I was like freaking out because I'm like, why are you telling me this? Like, my heart just dropped for a second. Right? See, I knew it. Um. Anyway, camps. Um. No, I think it's good. (laughs) I think it's good that they kept that. I think this is the one thing where they can take it and they can build on it because the one thing. I know we don't like to like speak positively about Mike Riley and his staff, but I will say the one thing that they did really well is evaluating and finding recruits. And maybe it's not the same type of recruits that this staff wants, but they understood the value of these type of events, especially in Nebraska, to get kids here when they may not be able to in season. I think Riley did a good job of raising the the, the profile of kid that yep. Nebraska could go. One hundred percent, and they did it with things like this, and so. I think it would have been a mistake if Frost would have turned his nose up at Friday Night Lights because it was something from the past staff. I think there's something to be said about Frost and the staff to be able to look at it and go, yeah, we may not have agreed with everything that they did, and we may not have 
kept everything that they did, but here are the things that we did like, and we're going to keep those things, and we're going to build on them. Yeah. That it, Honestly, it shows a level of respect between coaches across the country where you're not just, like, spitting on their name and completely disparaging them. So, in my opinion, I think it was cool for them to keep it. I think it was a smart move, and I think it, it helps Nebraska and does not hurt it at all. And then, they look, they now added this pipeline camp that they hope they'll – keep doing in the future so at this point like nebraska like bill moose keeps calling nebraska a destination for coaches maybe nebraska becomes a really cool destination for summer camps yeah they could absolutely be a satellite camp for some of the the midwestern mm-hmm. teams that want to want to come mean, out why and... wouldn't you want to like work at memorial stadium and you made a great point because there was a lot of people that um probably would have liked to just expunge everything from the riley era and just mm-hmm. you know have a, a clean break from that and get rid of everything even if it was um something that could be useful to Nebraska and I think the fact that Frost came in and he was like no we're not just gonna get rid of it just because it was Riley's I thought that was yeah said a lot about and it's the same thing with the recruits he didn't completely just go to heck with all the recruits that they were looking at I mean you look at it like that like Barrett Pickering was a Riley recruit and like he could have like easily because we know Frost would love to have his like specialists for the most part be walk-ons that earn it but you know he looked at he he clearly thought that there was something special about keeping never give a scholarship to a specialist never mm-hmm. never do it you know who should Alabama should consider it never give one to a specialist Alabama right? Alabama should give all of the scholarships to all of the kickers possible because they need one <laughs> Which is amazing. How can you be so good at something? Like, so good. Because they never have to use it. I know, but it's just so amazing when they do because it's so bad. You know who else is really bad at special teams? Ohio State. Okay, so this just brought up something that I think I have a very unexpected take on um, because of my love for soccer. Mm -hmm. Kicking being an element of football is Mm -hmm. the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. We should not have kicking in the game of football. How dare you? You shouldn't be able to punt. You shouldn't be able to kick field goals. You shouldn't be able to have kickoffs. Oh, my gosh. I think it's absurd. Well. I just want you to know at the very first game of the year, August 31st, when the kickers are warming up, I'm going to tap on Barrett Pickering's shoulder and be like, that guy hates you. I think it's absolutely absurd that we have this gladiator-esque sport where guys are beating the tar out of each other for 60 minutes game time game clock 60 minutes game clock and on any given day it could come down to michigan state a freaking 150 pound kid coming out and kicking a ball 34 yards for a win i think it's absurd i think it's incredibly absurd so what you've all learned today is that Derek thinks nebraska's nine nine to six win over um Michigan, Michigan State, State was a, was a mistake. Well, think about it. And if you worst... don't have kickers in that game and you have to keep, I think you shouldn't be able to punt. You should have to go for it. I mean, it. I was about to say something that would have been very mean. I'm glad I didn't. What? No, say no, it. No, we're not say it. Do that. I'll, no, no say it. If it's too mean, we can edit it out. I was going to say a lot of Nebraska fans would have probably agreed with you last year that Nebraska <laughs> shouldn't have punted either. Just don't punt. Mm-hmm. Just go for it. You should go for it. And actually, so th- this my uh, thought on this started with you shouldn't be able to punt. You should either have to go for it or kick a field goal. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, it's it it really is absurd that some of these games come down to field goals. Like a national championship could come down to a field goal. Which is ridiculous to me, given the the way that this sport is structured. So, and all of the off season talk about 
you know, we have to get bigger, faster, stronger. Like, Nebraska's go just went through the program. They had mili- former military people in here teaching them how to be a team, teaching them how to yeah. be... Yeah, Barrett Pickering had to go through that, too. Insanely ripped. Mm-hmm. They spent all offseason getting insanely ripped. And then... Yep. A game could come down to a kicker who, and you have told me this story before. Don't, Nebraska's, no, don't say it. Don't say it. People don't know. Mm-mm. There are specialists that don't go through full practices with no, the team. No, they usually don't. Okay, like here, I will. I why will. is why is this game getting decided All by right, that? Here, I'm just gonna like throw this out there. Even if you do or do not agree, whether you agree or disagree with Derek, if you are not following Barrett Pickering on Instagram, you should. Um, his handle is just Barrett Pick. Um, but he recently shared some photos of him, Chase Erbach, and Isaac Armstrong sitting on their helmets with the caption, helmets off, sitting down, how we spend a typical game day. <laughs> yes. I, and I really like Barrett, to be fair. He has mm-hmm. a dog named Bear, which is amazing. Which I, really, is amazing. I really like Barrett. And mm-hmm. I would not want to just, like, eject him from the team. It's not what I would choose to do. I just think that punting in general is stupid. I, like, just want to, like, just do a podcast dissecting Barrett Pickering's captions and the responses to its captions because he has this photo of him and Chase Erbach, and he said, I cast my Heisman ballot for Chase Erbach. Click the player you think deserves the Heisman House vote. And somebody responds, Adrian Martinez, and Bo Cottrell responds, who's that? (laughs) Well, I don't think Barrett uh, recognizes him as a as a football player anymore after what he did with the the tweet and trying to get his final. <laughs> he deleted it what, at some what, point. He was trying to get his final. Were so they not going to have to take it, or is it going to be easier? It was going to be easier if they could just get five thousand retweets, and Adrian wouldn't retweet him. He just wouldn't. Um, I've now just. Okay, we are incredibly this, off topic, but the, apparently breaking news, the Tampa Bay Rays have received MLB's permission to explore becoming a two-city team. So they would play in Tampa Bay um, for early season home games, and then they would finish the season in, wait for it, Montreal. Because those two places are close. What? Okay, all right. I cool. want to know the person who has to let go like between those two places. Like, You have to buy a house or rent in two different cities. Yeah, weird. Okay. So there you go. The um, Big Ten can just approach that. <laughs> They're going to play half the season in Fort Lauderdale in the other half. So let's get uh, – I want to try to steer this back on track. I no. wanted to ask you a mailbag question that you did not answer. Oh, probably so, for good reason. Question from In the Wilderness on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Now that we've seen – Moose, Bill Moose hired new coaches for the three biggest male sports. It's become obvious that he loves coaches with super strong Nebraska ties. Mm-hmm. What are the reasons for that? Besides just familiarity with the culture and university, I said I thought it was just I didn't kind answer of a this very... question because you and Jacob had it covered, but anyway. Okay, well, what are your thoughts? No, you, had, you said you were going to say what you said. I just thought, I think that the, the Nebraska tie is ironically random mm-hmm. for, for all three guys because I think all three guys were top coaches on the market regardless of whether they had Nebraska ties. Mm-hmm. And I think Bill Moose feels like Nebraska should be able to compete for and land more often than not the top coach on the market when they're in the market for a coach. Now, I do think Jacob Jacob kind of, like, didn't disagree, but he kind of said he thinks part of the reason they took the job is because of their Nebraska ties, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think 
I think you are right. I think it was random that some of the, like, in the case of Scott Frost, he was going to be in demand by quite a few Everyone. Power 5 yeah. schools. I think had he had no connection to Nebraska at all, I'm not necessarily thinking he would have taken Nebraska over another. I was going to ask you about that. I think he would have gone to Florida. I do too. I'm saying, like, I think if there was no Nebraska tie, he had no nothing. He played play somewhere. Here, he here. stayed at yep. Sanford. He never came back. Yep. He probably would not have felt that, like, pull to come back here and do this. And that's not to say Nebraska wouldn't have found a great coach. It's just I think it wouldn't have been quite the sell it was for Scott. So I think you're right. I think there's a certain level of just randomness and sort of, like, irony that, like, they just happened to have. Like, Fred Hoiberg's family, like, grew up in Nebraska, and, like, it was, like – I mean, when we had the cover of when Fred Hoiberg was on the cover of our April April issue, I mean, you have his mom wanting to get copies because how incredible was it to see, you know, her son on the cover after he's had another family member who's coached the Nebraska basketball team. There are so many layers there with him. So, yeah, I don't think Moose is necessarily, like, going out there looking for specific Nebraska hires. Like, I don't think he's going who has the best – you know who's the best coach with Nebraska ties? I think he would have found whatever coach made sense. It's who's the best coach? Oh, cool, he has a Nebraska tie. When they have a Nebraska tie, it does help make that phone call a little bit different. Because yeah. to kind of circle back to the Will Bolt press conference, somebody asked him to explain kind of that whole situation, and he said it was a whirlwind 48 hours. He literally had just gotten done with his season, got home, hugged his wife, hugged his kids, sat down on the couch. His phone was in the other room, and he kind of was like thinking a little bit about like. I suppose I should go get my phone because the recruiting period's about to start. Like, he was not even thinking about Nebraska. He didn't even know Ursad had stepped down at that point. His whole brain was going into, like, I guess, you know, we got to start getting amped up for recruiting. And then his phone started to blow up of Ursad stepped down. Um, you know, your name is coming up in this. And so for him, someone who not only has coached in Nebraska before, played here, has a love for it, he immediately just is like, this is what I want. It also didn't hurt that he had a ton of people recommending him. So again, it helps when you have those ties because when you have a good coach who maybe would go somewhere else, you now kind of can pull on those like heartstrings a little bit about like, this is the place you want to be. Yeah. So, I mean, and Moose is good at pulling on those heartstrings. A little he bit. is. I, I agree with you. I think Frost probably would be elsewhere if he didn't have a Nebraska tie. So that leads to a question that I've sort of been wondering about. Wolf. Excuse you, please. No, opinions <laughs> on this. Doesn't think Frost would have, no. A question that I have been wondering about since, <laughs> really since he took the job, do you think Frost felt an obligation to come back? Because Nebraska was a, um, f- for lack of a better phrase, dumpster fire. <laughs> no, I, I think after having gotten to know Frost a little bit I don't think he would have I don't think he ever has necessarily felt obligated to like do anything like I think he's very much like what what he wants to do he's gonna do uh I think I think where maybe there might have felt like some obligation is from what we understand he really wanted to be considered for the job when Riley was given the job and you know didn't from what we understand didn't even get an interview it wasn't even like an option for him um, so I think for him, it was never necessarily that feeling of an obligation. Like, I think if he felt like for him and his family and all everything else, it was a better situation somewhere else, he would have said, thanks, but I need 
to do I need to do what's right for me he did that when he went to Stanford he, he picked at the time what he felt was right for him I think that's how he's always been I think in this case he saw an opportunity to coach at a place that he does really like um, he has strong ties to and I think he did see a challenge and I think that's the biggest thing with Frost is I think he's competitive and he wants to like prove people wrong and he wants to he wants to do something significant and so I think he saw Nebraska as a place where like a lot of people looked at him when he was saying he was going to leave UCF. You had UCF fans who thought he was crazy. You had Florida fans who thought he was making a mistake. I think he's competitive enough where he's going, I'll prove all of you wrong. I think that's always been for me that he didn't necessarily feel like he had an obligation. I think he just has always felt he has something to prove. And he's – like, if he took a Gallup Strength Finders test, I'm going to go ahead and assume competition is probably pretty high on his list. Yeah. I don't think he necessarily felt like he had an obligation, but I, I, I keep going back to that blog post that he wrote or the several blog posts that he wrote. I think it, it physically hurt him that Nebraska was as poor as it was. Mm-hmm. And I it's think that played everyone. into part of it. Man, I wonder what it's like. Do you think, like, if you're an Alabama beat writer, you're just bored? Uh, like what's it like to show up no, to work every day and just be like, like they're I, good again I know a couple warrior beat writers who aren't bored well I mean they enjoy life yeah but, the, but they also have Kevin Durant that they have to deal with on a daily <laughs> basis so that's not a great comparison I don't know maybe I thought you were about to be like I wonder what it feels like to be a Nebraska fan and I was like well it probably feels a little bit like what it is like to be a Thunder fan constantly Constantly, I actually my brought, heart. I actually brought this up too because I saw my Ooh. friend who coaches for Atlanta, who's friends with Kevin Durant. I talked about you recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I told him at some point in our lifetime, I'm going to just surprise you with Kevin Durant. <laughs> like you're going to come into the office, and Kevin Durant's just going to be sitting in your chair. As long as he's fully recovered from the ruptured Achilles, I will boo him. If he's not fully recovered from the ruptured Achilles, I will not boo him. But if he's fully healthy and can dunk a basketball, mm-hmm. I will boo him. Mm-hmm. I will. Do you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. Aaron, any any other Husker thoughts or things that you want to talk about? I'm done. I don't have anything else I want to ask you about. No, you know, we're just going to have some, we got some Will Bolt photos about to go on the website, which is what I just got distracted by. But yeah, no, when you're listening to this, here's the thing. By the time you're listening to this, Roby will have landed somewhere. There will be some cool... Um, graphics surrounding it so you should go check those out if you haven't seen them already but then we'll also have some cool stuff on hailvarsity.com uh surrounding the draft i know derek you're working on something and then jacob just a little bit ago told me he'd have something for people to check out so we've got some stuff and then obviously the camps this weekend i want to take a picture of the like the cover page for my yearbook story Mm -hmm. and just tweet it with no context no, don't do that yet. I kind of want to take a, or I kind of want to take a picture of just like one graph from my story and just tweet it with no context. Mm-hmm. Don't do that yet. Okay. Wait until people start getting it. It's gonna be fun. It's you're gonna like Derek's story. It's really in the good book. Oh, I thought everybody's stuff was good. I thought I thought it was really strong. Our hundredth issue. One hundred. And Brandon said he thought it was the best that we've done. I, I think it's agree. the best that I have been a part of. I would agree. I've been here since the beginning minus my little time so, away and I will say in the time I've been with Hale Varsity it's the best issue that's ever been put out so make sure you order it mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll put a link on the on the website 
story with the podcast, podcast. If, if anybody yeah. wants to actually um, order take our word for it but please do uh, we will be back next week with another podcast like Aaron said we'll have plenty of covers throughout the weekend hillrc.com um, basketball baseball and football um, anything else going on no no lord knows something other news will break so let's just like maybe we'll have a ton of commitments by next one Friday. okay yeah maybe pay attention to hillrc.com we'll be back next week thanks guys oh and thank you Aaron mm-hmm. thank you you're welcome <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.